our theme that we have been uh, studying and looking at for the last many weeks is Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 through 16. And, uh, but we're going to be in Colossians today, but I do want to read from Ephesians 14 through 16. For this reason, the apostle said, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, it's going to be an interesting day, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. My voice is playing games with me. And yesterday I went to the uh, gentleman that was uh, in charge of the services that we were in and the meetings that we were in. And I was supposed to give a report. And I said, what do you know on the day that I'm supposed to give a financial report and on the day that I'm supposed to stand in front of this body of believers and give a report, my voice is messed up. And he said, praise God, the report will be short. I said, hallelujah, and the report was short. So you can all say, praise God, maybe today will be short. No. Colossians, the, the apostle prayed in Ephesians that we would be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. Our goal for these days that are ahead of us, our, our desire is that you and I would learn from the word, how to be strengthened in the inner man. How to build yourself up. How to build one another up. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. And we're going to talk about it from uh, Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 through 17. You can turn over there if you're turning. I hear pages turning. You can Open your electronic Bible to there. Colossians 3, 1 through 17. says this, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above and not on things on earth. For you died... And your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, you will also appear with him in glory. Therefore, put off or put to death your your members which are on the earth. And then he goes into a list. Fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desires, covetousness, and idolatry. Because of these things, verse 6, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience in which you yourself once walked when you lived in them. But now, somebody say, but now. But now you yourselves are to put off these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Don't lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man. who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, slave nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, 
bearing with one another and forgiving one another. Uh, If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must also do. But above all these things, put on love, which is in the bond, which is the bond of perfection. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So let's just unpack this a little bit. And let's, let's see how out of this passage of Scripture we might build ourselves up in the inner man. First of all, he says in verse 1, Seek those things which are above. Chris was singing this morning the song of the Lord a little bit, and she was singing about, I don't know if you heard her or received that, she was singing about uh, being seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Seek those things above. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 4 says this is where Christ is sitting, but it also says that this is where you are sitting. Ephesians said that that, uh, he graciously caused us to be seated with Christ in heavenly places. So seek those things which are above. Don't seek temporary things of the earth. Seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting, where you are sitting. I want to remind you that, that, that you, are, you have a new perspective in Christ. Most people who live on the earth look at life from a horizontal perspective. They look out over the horizon. They want to see as far as they can see down the road, but they know that they can't see around the corner. They know that they can't tell the future. They know that they they really have no idea what is coming. And most people, even believers, live with that perspective. But if you will build yourself up in the inner man, and if you will realize that you are seated with Christ in heavenly places, suddenly your perspective on your life will change. And you will begin to see as God sees. You'll begin to look ahead. And how many would love for the Lord to tell you what's around the corner? How many would love to have a relationship with Jesus in such a way that when he says, this is the thing that I am doing. It's a wonderful season in the life of Church of Living Water because because we see as God sees. We have perspective. We're not walking in the dark. We're walking in the light of God. And he says, you have a little bit of a climb ahead of you, but I've leveraged you for that walk. I've leveraged you for that climb. I've caused your feet to be stable. See, he's told us this is what's ahead of you. A little bit of a climb, but rejoice. A little bit of movement, a little bit of transition, but just rejoice. And isn't it wonderful to have that perspective? That's a whole lot better than wondering what God is doing. Uh, In my day, when I was growing up in the church, people used to say, well, you never know what God's going to do. Well, I've discovered that you can know what God's going to do. He really would like to tell you what what he's doing. He wants you in on it. Stop living in the dark. We walk in the light. Whenever I'm facing a situation in life, 
where I'm unsure of what's going to happen or what's next or what God is doing or, or what's unfolding before me, what do I do? I go and I sit with him in heavenly places and I talk to him about it and I wait for him to talk to me about it. And we have an agreement as a family. We don't move forward until we're in agreement, until we've heard from God, until we have understanding. If we need to make a decision and we don't have understanding about that decision, the decision does not get made. We wait until we have clear perspective and clear vision. You don't move forward without clear understanding. Well, what if the deadline comes? What if it comes? Deadlines come and go. God doesn't live on my clock. I haven't figured it out yet. But he doesn't ask me my permission or my opinion. He just, we just wait for clarity. Listen, if you were an investor and you were waiting to make an investment and you were going to ask God to speak to you about that investment, if the deadline comes and goes and he never speaks to you, don't make that investment. Oh, I'm going to miss the deadline. I've got to jump and go. No. If you're waiting on the Lord to speak to you about it, then wait till he speaks. If he doesn't speak, isn't that an answer? I'm going to let that sink in for a minute an answer promises of God are yes and amen if he doesn't say yes God really doesn't enjoy saying no I found he says yes or nothing a lot of times trust the leadership of the Holy Spirit speak those things which are above where Christ is sitting where you are sitting learn to see from that perspective the life that you are living Oh, my Lord, if you're raising children, if you'll learn to see them from God's perspective, you'll have a whole lot more patience and long-suffering, and, and you'll have a whole lot more understanding about how to direct them and how to lead them and how to point them in the direction of the kingdom of God. You'll have far greater understanding if you'll, let, if you'll see them the way he sees them. You'll stop saying, that terrible kid of mine. He's always in trouble. When we get in the flesh and we start talking that way, we, we correct each other. Do you really? We, we don't need to talk that way over our children. We need to talk uh, about what God sees in them. And we begin to remind each other to speak the things of the Lord over them and to speak the promises of God over them and to speak the wisdom of God over their life and over their learning and over all that he's developing in them. So he said, seek the things that are above, not the things of the earth. In verse 2, the Bible tells us in Matthew, Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Oh, that we would become a people that would seek first the kingdom. The kingdom of God is in you. What if you got up every day and the first thing you said was, Lord, how does that deposit of the kingdom of God in me look today? How does that get out of me? Where, where do you want there to be a release I'm seeking the kingdom first. I know I've got to go to work. I know I've got responsibilities. I know that I have things that must be done. Can I be pastoral for a minute? Don't decide that you can't do the things that must be done. He called you to live your life. He set it up this way. He knows you're busy. He knows that you've got to run the vacuum and do the laundry and, and take care of your children and your home and, and, and make dinner or, or go to work. He knows those things. But the kingdom of God is supposed to flow through you in the process. In the process. 
God is moving through you in the process. It's actually in the process. He's bringing relationships into your life. He's bringing the people in and through your life that he wants you to impact and that he wants you to speak into and encourage. He's bringing them through your life in the process. If you go hide out at home and, oh, me and Jesus, we're just going to meet together and, and ne never get out of the house. I can't, I can't do those things. I've got to sit with God. No, you need to sit with God and then you need to go do those things. Don't, don't shut down in the name of being spiritual. Rise up. I don't know why I said that, but that was for somebody. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. In Matthew 6, 19, it talks about uh, not having our treasure where moss and dust, dust and rust can corrupt, but, uh, that, that our treasure where, where you're... Uh, treasure is, that's where your heart is. If your heart is in the kingdom, you'll treasure the things of the kingdom. When I was listening to a teacher this past couple of weeks, and he was saying, wouldn't it be foolish to go on vacation somewhere, and, and you know that you're going to be there for a short period of time, a couple of weeks, and then, and then you're going to leave, and you're probably never going to go back there again. Would you build a house there? Would you let your root go down there? Would you build a kingdom there? No. Well, we are people of the kingdom of God. We are in the earth for a short stay. So the scripture is admonishing us that, that all the while God says he's going to bless us in the earth and he's going to give us all the things that pertain to life and godliness and he's not upset if you own a home, I own one. And, I, and he didn't get mad at me about it, he gave it to me. But my root is not in the earth. My root is in the kingdom and in eternal things. My love is for eternal things, not for temporary things. So I'm, I'm here as a sojourner in the earth, but I'm a citizen of the kingdom of God. So this is all temporary for me. We're just passing through. Amen? You understand that? So what he's telling us is because you are just passing through, seek the things that are above. Where your treasure is, there your heart is. Let your treasure be in eternal things. Let your emphasis be in eternal things. While you are serving God in the earth, while you are working in the earth, while you are being educated and developed and choosing vocation and following after the things that, that's part of life and living, that while you're doing that, set a high, your highest priority on seeking those things that are above. So first he says here to seek. Then he says set. And this is part of a, a determination. Set your mind. Set your mind. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8 that the carnal mind the, the mind of flesh is enmity against God. It is not subject to God. Please follow that train of thought. It says that the carnal mind will, will automatically lead you, your own thinking will lead you against the principles of the kingdom of God, contrary to the principles of the kingdom of God. The carnal mind is not subject to God, and the Bible says it cannot be. You can't force your mind to think God thoughts, your carnal mind. So how do we do that? What, what does that mean? If, if my mind is carnal and cannot think the thoughts of God, what do I have to do? I have to become a man who is led by the Spirit. 
and whose thoughts are the thoughts of God. So we move from living in a carnal place of thinking, thinking, leaning into our own understanding, to that of the renewing of our mind. Romans, uh, uh, in that same passage, where it says that the carnal mind is enmity against God, verse 5 through 9 of Romans chapter 8, it says the spiritual mind is life and peace. Oh, how many want peace? How many want life? Are you here and you want life and you want peace? You must become a person who thinks by the mind of the Spirit of God. You do that by renewing your mind. What does my circumstances say? What does the Bible say? What does the Word of God say? No, no, no. I'm going to live over here out of this and not out of what, what my circumstances or my thinking says. My carnal mind will always lead me to, con- to thoughts contrary to the purposes, the plans, the will, uh, and the direction of the Lord. My carnal mind will not lead me. The Bible says that the heart of a man is deceitfully wicked. My heart, in it, without the grace of Christ and the Spirit of God over my heart, my heart will lead me. Do, don't teach your children to follow their heart. Teach them to follow their king. Teach them to follow their father. Don't teach them to follow their heart. Teach them to follow, don't teach them to follow their own thoughts and their own mind. Teach them to follow the word of God. Follow after the king of kings and lord of lords. Somebody says, follow your heart. I'm like, uh-uh. The Bible says my heart's deceitfully wicked until it's been renewed by grace and by the power and the strength of the word of God. My heart in and of itself would be wicked. So you set your mind on things. There's a determination there. Do you understand that? If he says to you, set your mind, what do you have to do? Do you have a decision to make? Do you have a responsibility to to be determined in that area? I am going to fix my eyes on Jesus. I'm going to set my mind on him who is the author and the finisher of my faith. I'm going to fix my understanding on the fact that he who began a good work in me is able to bring it to its day of completion. I I am setting my eyes and my mind on him, and I'm not going to look to the left, to the right, to circumstances. I'm not going to listen to the thinking of this age. I'm going to listen to what the Scripture tells me and to what the Holy Spirit speaks to me in light of that so that I can learn to live out of that. So I'm to seek those things which are above. I'm to set my mind on the things of the Lord. And then the Bible tells us in this passage of Scripture that we are to sort. We are to put off. I'm so glad he didn't just say put off the flesh and stop there. We are to put off, and then we are to put on. You want to build yourself up? You've got some things to put off, and you've got some things to put on. The mistake that we make is that we spend, our tri- our, we spend all of our time and all of our attention trying to put off. And we never get to putting on. But I've discovered that if you will put on love, if you will put on Christ, if you will put on the Word of God, you don't have time to mess with all those things that you have to put off and get out of the way. The Lord wants you to put on the cloak of righteousness. Listen to what some of, let's read some of that passage. Uh, Colossians uh, 3, maybe verse 8. 
He says, now you're to put off these things, put off anger and wrath and malice and blasphemy and filthy language out of your mouth. Well, I've discovered I love people. I love Jesus so much, and I love the body of Christ and what he's doing in us and and family and friends. I love people so much, I don't have time for the anger. I don't have room for it in my life. It was easy to put off anger when I started loving people in its place. So don't put something off without putting something on. In fact, if you go to putting something on, when you go to putting on Christ, it'll push off that other stuff. You don't have to struggle with, oh, I just, I'm angry all the time. No, just start loving all the time. It'll push off and deliver you from that anger. Put on, very intentionally put on Christ. So let's read that. Now you yourselves... Put off anger and malice and blasphemy and filthy language out of your mouth. Don't lie to one another since you have put off the old man. Everybody say, bye, old man. Put off the old man and his deeds and you have put on. It's so important that we understand that he did not say put off without saying put on. In fact, if you follow this train of thought, he's saying put these things off because you have put on. Isn't that the progression? He said put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Where, I love this, God just levels the playing field. Where there's neither Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, slave or free. That that what happened here is that in Christ, at the cross, everybody became welcome. Doesn't matter what your economic background is. It doesn't matter what your educational level is. It doesn't matter what your ethnicity. It doesn't, none of that, none of that, just welcome, come. Isn't that wonderful? That's what he's saying. So he says, since you've put on the old man, just don't leave room for that other stuff. Put it off. Put it off. I've learned in in becoming free in Christ, there's many things that that there's all kinds of debate about. I want to just talk about this for a minute. I've said it before. Those of you who've been here a while, I'm not. Senile, repeating myself. It's important. If you are in a position where you are growing up in Christ, many times, Lord, we have these discussions. Is it wrong for me to do this or to do that? Well, just put on Christ. Because I've discovered for me, if I have to ask, it's going in and out a little bit, signal there. If I have to ask if something is wrong, the Holy Spirit is leading me out of that to a place of freedom from it. Just just let it go. Put on Christ. Don't struggle with is it right or is it wrong. If you have to ask the question, listen to the Holy Spirit. He's leading you. We, we, we're only asking that because we really don't like the answer we're getting. So we're going around to everybody until somebody gives us an answer we wanted to hear. If we have to say, is it wrong? Well, for you, let's just deal with you. I'm not here to deal with everybody else. I'm dealing with you, right? If the Holy Spirit comes to me and I begin to question in my heart, is something right or wrong for me? Let's just 
move to a higher level of righteous living and drop it off and go on. Walk in the freedom he's trying to bring you to. So we're to seek the things which are above. We're to set our mind, fix our eyes on Jesus, set our mind on him. We're to sort putting on the new man, putting off the old man. He says, when Christ, who is our life, will appear, we're going to appear with him. He's preparing you to show up with Jesus in that day. He's, how many understand he's coming back? Amen. You're coming back with him. That's what the Bible says. So he says, Christ is your life. You, you, when you said yes to Jesus, you died. Well, a dead man can't ask, should I do this or should I do that? Come on. You laid your life down. It's no longer I that lives, the, the apostle said, but it's Christ who lives in me. So the entire motivation of my life should be, Lord, how do I frame my life in a way that it best expresses Jesus to the people around me? How do I frame my life in a way that, the, that, that, that it is the best possible expression of who God is in the earth? I'm dead. I want the life of Christ to be lived out in me. So a dead guy can't do all those old man things. Anybody ever have a dead guy come and have a conversation with you? Hasn't happened to me yet. No, because he's dead. Christ living in me. So you sort, you put off the old, and you take on the new. He tells us to forgive one another. Put, can you imagine... Put on, this is intentional. Do you understand what putting on is? It's intentional. When I go to the closet and I chose this shirt this morning, it was very intentional. There's several up there. I picked this one and I put it on. When you go before the Lord and you intentionally put on the things he asks you to put on. The Bible says here, put on love. Put on love. I'm going to love you. Imagine... That person that you're in a place of dissension with right now, if you just went and said, I'm going to forgive you, I'm going to love you, I'm not giving you an option, I don't care if you receive it or not, I have chosen to forgive, I have chosen to love. Well, guess who just got free in that conversation? You did. Put on love. Put on forgiveness. Just put it on. How do we do that? Well, how many understand that I, I've never one time in my life had the strength to just walk away from a sinful frame of mind without the help of the Spirit of God? You, you ain't doing it on your own. That, that was the whole discovery of the giving of the law in the Old Testament to lead us to the time of Christ when he can say, I'm going to go be seated at the right hand of the Father, but I'm not leaving you alone. I'm sending you a comforter. I'm sending you a teacher. He'll remind you of all that I've said to you. I'm sending you the strength of the Holy Spirit, the one called alongside to help. Right? So Romans says, if you, through the Spirit, put to death the old man by the help of the Holy Spirit, by the help of the Spirit of God. You don't do it on your own. But... You determine, this is the direction that I'm going. 
So you seek, you set your mind, and then you sort. You put off and you put on. And I just challenge you that you just go to putting on. And putting off will fall off if you'll go putting on. And then the next thing you do is you submit. Everybody loves that word. Oh, I got to submit? Well, listen to this. Listen to what you submit to, though. Listen, listen. This is not, this is not hard. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. Let. Let. The pe- What's the peace of God? It's peace that passes understanding. Peace that's beyond description. Jesus said, I'm leaving you my peace. Not the kind of peace the world gives. Peace that's here today and gone tomorrow. Peace that's based contract that might be revoked in a few days, peace that's based on an agreement that, that may or may not be enforced. I'm leaving my peace with you, peace that is in you no matter what's going on around you. So he said, now, when we go to worrying and fretting, the scripture in, scriptural instruction to us is, let the peace of God rule and reign in your heart. Let it Let it reign in your heart. That means you have to give access. Your inner man, you have to give access to the peace of God. How do you do that? Well, you don't sit around and concentrate on everything that you would be worried about. You set your mind on things above. You set your mind on the promises of God. You set your mind on the thing, the, where He's leading you, what He's doing in you, where He's taking you. You let the peace of God. God's got this. Whatever situation you're in, the Holy Spirit is... Let me just speak that prophetically over you. The Holy Spirit is saying to you today, I've got this. I've got you. Jesus said to the Father when He prayed in John chapter 17, He said to the Father, I have not lost any of them that you gave me. None of them have fallen out of my hand. Well, do you think He's lost any yet? If you're in His hands, He's not dropping you. So the Holy Spirit would say to you, I've got this. I've got you in my hand. I've got you covered. I've got the things that you are seeing as a challenge. The Holy Spirit would say to you, they are not a challenge to me, says the Lord. Those things that you are facing, they are not a challenge to me. They're a challenge to you in your own thinking. But get over here in in, in my understanding and realize that I have you in my hand. I'm not dropping you. I'm not letting go of you. I'm not letting uh, the things that matter to you fall to the ground. I have you. I'm with you. I won't leave you. I won't forsake you. Listen. Listen to the promise of God. Let. Two things that he tells us to submit to. To let. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. And let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. That's Colossians 3, verse 15 and 16. You let the peace of God rule in your heart. And you let the word of God rule in your heart. 
You can't let the peace of God rule in your heart if you're not standing in the Word of God, the promises of God, the things that He has said over you. You must let those things rule in your heart. You must know that He has promised you that He's going before you, that He has promised that He will not leave you, that He's promised that He's guiding you, that He's promised that He's concerned about the things that you're concerned about. The Bible tells us that He's concerned about us. So you learn that what that word says, and then you say, well, I think I'll stand in what God promised me instead of standing in my circumstances. I think I'll just get over here and stand in the promises of God rather than standing in the storm that's going on around me. Rather than standing in the trouble that the earth is in right now. Oh, Lord, if y'all are watching the news and that's what you're eating, no wonder you're anxious. What's the president going to say next? No wonder you're anxious. What are they going to do next? What's going to happen next? Well, in California, they just raised gas tax. Lord, what are we going to do next? Well, if God could afford it before the tax, he can afford it now. Get the word in you, the promise of God in you, and stand in that. And not we, we don't live by what we see. We walk by faith and not by sight. Whew. So you seek those things which are above. You set your mind. You sort. You submit to the peace of God and to the word of God. And then you share. This is, this, is, this is important. This is where the body of Christ comes in. He said, teaching and admonishing each other in verse 16. Teaching and admonishing each other. Did you know you're supposed to teach me and I'm supposed to teach you? In other words, I'm supposed to watch your life and as you walk with God, I'm supposed to learn from the peace that you're walking in and from the strength that you're walking in. That is supposed to speak a word of encouragement to me. And the peace that I'm walking in and, and the way that I'm navigating trouble and the way that I'm navigating the challenges of life, that's supposed to speak a word to you and encourage you. And so he says, teaching and admonishing or encouraging one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Ephesians chapter 4 says that we're the body of Christ. We are fitly joined in every joint supplied. Every joint supplies, not just the mature ones, not just the highly educated ones, not just the highly gifted ones. Every joint supplies. It is important as you interact with one another that you encourage one another with, uh, with songs and hymns and spiritual songs, with words of encouragement, with strength with things that come up out of your mouth uh, regarding the good things of God. Those things build one another. We're to build one another up. We're supposed to do life together. So he says, share. If Hebrews 3.13 and 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says this, th these kinds of things. Encourage one another daily. Daily? Y'all are only seeing each other once a week. It's time for there to be an exchange of numbers among the body of Christ. It's time for some coffee down at the Starbucks. Hallelujah. 
It's time for there to be an exchange relationally among us so that we build one another up on a daily basis, so that there's an interaction in the body of Christ, so that you're not forcing, you're, you're, just, you're just allowing the Lord to join us together. It's wonderful. I was watching Linda the other day. Uh, Laura and I were at lunch with our kids, and Linda was in a restaurant with, a, with a, an associate that she had worked with formerly on that job change she just went through. Well, this, this lady is working for the old employer that Linda used to work for, and, and, and she's having to navigate all the changes that are happening in that, employment, that new col- employment culture. And Linda's been set free from that. She don't have to navigate those changes. God sent her to a new assignment. So she's sitting at the table encouraging this lady. Just strengthening her with the joy of the Lord and loving on her. That's what believers do. We help people understand that God's saying, I've got you. I'm not dropping you. It's a wonderful thing to watch happen. So he says to share. Encourage one another daily. Build one another up. Boy, that'll make you think twice about what comes out your mouth. Build one another up. Build one another up. Well, I don't know about that guy. He just rubs me the wrong way. Build one another up. If he rubs you the wrong way, don't tell anyone about it. Build one another up. Because that is tearing someone down. Build one another up. Y'all who are having a meeting this afternoon from the, from the Welcome Center, your team's meeting for lunch, build one another up. Encourage one another. Don't have lunch about what somebody's doing that's irritating. Build one another up. That was quiet. I heard somebody say amen. Oh, that's good. The Welcome Center leaders said amen. All right, then that's good. So what do we have? We seek those things which are above. We set our mind. We sort between that which is old man and that which is new man. We submit to the, the uh, rule of God, the peace of God in our heart, and the word of God, uh, and we submit and let it dwell in us. And then we share with one another, and we build one another up, <clears throat> and we encourage one another with our life. Did you get that? Let me say it again. We seek, we set, we sort, we submit, and we share. We do life together. This is critical to the process of us building ourselves up, of, of us being strengthened in the inner man. The, the, the apostle knew, or he would have never prayed, that we would have been strengthened in the inner man. He knew that the enemy was going to try his purposes, the purposes of the enemy. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. So he knows that you, he, he doesn't even care if you go to church, but he don't want you to go loving on people. He don't want you to go building somebody up and causing them to be successful in their walk with God. He certainly doesn't want you to build yourself up and be uh, successful in your walk with God. He's so afraid you're going you're, you're gonna to lay hands on the sick and they're going to recover. He's so afraid you're going to discover who you are and you're going to begin to do the good things of the kingdom that are pouring out of your life. He, the enemy is so afraid you're going to do that that he doesn't want you to be built up. So the apostle said, I pray that the Lord would, that, 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 God, that God would help you to be built up in the inner man, through the Spirit of God. So he prayed for us that we would be built up because he knew that this was the challenge of the believer. The enemy does not want you to be built up. God 
says, I'm building you up. Would you let me build you up? So walk in these things. Stand together this morning. Seek those things which are above. Set your mind on the things of God. Sort between the old man and the new man. Submit to the peace of God and the word of God. And share that encouragement with one another.